0: The following resource is from DesiringGod.org. Father in heaven, what do we have that we have not received in, in the next 15, 20 minutes? What will we have but what we receive by grace? Thank you for... Christina, thank you for Marco. Thank you for the students they represent. Thank you for the parents, the spouses, the families, the donors, the church, and all of its leaders. We are in a receiving moment. And we look away now from, I look away from myself and ask for your help so that in this moment, someone in this room will be born of God. They don't even know what it means. And that others would be made strong for the living of a Christ-exalting life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have two sentences that I want to commend to you as biblical and true and uh, crucial, beautiful, precious. And my persuasion is that if you treasure these two sentences and embrace them, are unashamed of them, they will have three lasting, powerful effects upon your life. Effect number one, they will help you be formed decisively by scripture instead of culture. Two, they will help you clarify how it is That Christians are of use to the world by being so amazingly different from the world. Three, they will help you keep God supreme and Christ crucial at the forefront of your life, not backgrounded so that nobody can see. Both of these sentences are designed to prick the consciences of one group of Christians and to call out the unbelief of another group of Christians. And I hope for you, they will bring clarity and conviction and courage and joy. I'm going to mention the two sentences and then we'll turn to the scriptures to see why I have Form them the way I have. Number one, Christians care about all suffering, especially eternal suffering. Number two, Christians care about all injustice, especially injustice against God. I use the phrase care about in those two sentences. Care about suffering, care about injustice because I don't presume to dictate how all Christians can agree on how to address all suffering and how to address all injustice. The strategies for Relieving suffering and overcoming injustice will be debated until Jesus comes. I'm talking about something deeper, more basic. Christians care, Christians are moved, Christians are touched by all suffering and all. Injustice. Sentence number one. Christians care about all suffering. Especially eternal suffering. Christians care about all suffering. That's intended to prick the conscience of Christians who believe that caring about the suffering of disease or malnutrition or disability or mental illness or injury or abuse or assault or loneliness or rejection or calamity has to be restricted because caring about these kinds of suffering may distract from diminish our commitment to the gospel of Christ crucified and the use of it to relieve a far greater suffering, namely eternal suffering. And the first point of this sentence is no. Christians care about all suffering because Jesus is our model. Over and over and over in the Gospels, it says Jesus or felt compassion on the harassed, Matthew 9, on the sick, Matthew 14, on the hungry, Matthew 15, on the blind, Matthew 20, on the leper, Matthew 1, Mark 1, on the demon possessed, Mark 9, on the bereaved, Luke 7. And then he told a parable. To try to help us absorb what it means for us to be like that. And in the parable he said when the Samaritan saw the stranger on the side of the road suffering he felt compassion and he's unpacking the meaning of love your neighbor as you love yourself. Therefore Part of the sole disposition of loving your neighbor as you love yourself is to feel compassion for all suffering, to care about all suffering, especially eternal suffering. Especially, the word especially is designed to call out unbelief of Christians Who either don't believe there is such a thing as eternal suffering, or who have convinced themselves it is more loving not to warn people about it, not to plead with them to escape it by the provision God has made through the death and resurrection of his Son. Whichever reason, they don't care And I want to call him out, I want you to call him out. Because Jesus cared about eternal suffering. Then the king will say to those on his left, Jesus says, depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And these on his left will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life he cared enough to warn us Paul cared those who do not know God do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might John, the beloved disciple, used stronger language than anybody for the length and the intensity of the suffering. Revelation 14 11, the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. Jesus, Paul, John really cared about eternal suffering. Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller asked, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them? Millions of Christians, including many missionaries, have convinced themselves that they are loving lost people by caring mostly about their suffering in this world and little about how they will spend eternity. I just read an article. You may have seen it. About the reaching of an unreached people. It began by foregrounding the beneficial earthly effects of missionary work, education, medicine, prosperity, written language and ended with a focus on earthly human flourishing with one passing mention about Jesus in the middle of the article. No God, no wrath, no cross, no salvation, no forgiveness of sins, no faith, no hell, no heaven, no eternal joy with God. And it was presented as a model of missionary success. I don't know if the writer reported faithfully. It was the presentation I was concerned about. So my prayer for you, especially the graduates, but all of you. My prayer for you is that you absolutely reject the either or. Either leave suffering now or plead with people to escape eternal suffering. Embrace eternal joy through Jesus Christ. I hope you will say no. the soul-destroying dichotomy and even the prioritizing of temporal good over eternal good. I hope that for the rest of your life you will say Christians care about all suffering especially eternal suffering. Sentence number two, Christians care about all injustice, especially injustice against God. Christians care about all injustice. Now that's intended to prick the conscience. The word all is intended to prick the conscience of Christians who, because of self-indulgence or fear, have dulled the capacity of their hearts to care about the injustices of the world. All the countless ways that people all over the world are treated by other people worse than they deserve from other people. I say this is because of self-indulgence because I think most indifference to injustice among professing Christians is not owing to convictional partiality or convictional opposition, but rather to the moral stupor that comes over us. When we are satiated with the comforts of this world. And I'm saying that the dulling of our capacities to care about injustice is owing to fear of man. Because how many of us fear that if we feel strongly? or give expression to caring about some manifestation of injustice, somebody's going to put a theological or a political label on us that's going to feel misleading and offensive and so we will convince ourselves that indifference to injustice is a price worth paying to maintain my reputation. But in fact, Christians care about all injustice because all justice is rooted in God. The rock, his way is perfect. All his ways are justice. The king in his might loves justice great and amazing are your deeds oh Lord God the Almighty just and true are your ways O oh, King of the nations yes Lord God the Almighty true and just are your judgments a bruised reed he will not break a smoldering wick he will not quench until he has brought justice to victory. If you don't care about all injustice, you're striving in your heart against God. And from the the divine God and savior, justice flows his commands. He has told you, O man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and walk humbly with your God? So by the help of your God, hold fast to love and justice and wait continually for your God. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Woe to you, Pharisees! For you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. If we neglect justice if we don't care about all injustice everywhere that we see it, we're not acting like Christians because Christians care about all injustice, especially, especially, especially injustice against God. And the word especially is intended to call out unbelief among Christians. It's intended to call out practical unbelief of Christians for whom the injustices against humans ignite more passion in their hearts, in their mouths, than the global tragedy of injustice against God. It aims to call out the practical unbelief of Christians who are so anesthetized by the comforts and entertainments of the world. They don't don't care about injustice against man or God. They're just in their lazy boy, watching clean videos. Sorta injustice is to treat someone worse than they deserve and the more respect they deserve and the less we render the greater the injustice. You with me? God alone deserves the highest respect and praise and love and fear and devotion and allegiance and obedience of all beings in the universe. Yet, every single human being in this room and on this planet has fallen short of this worship and exchanged the glory of God for the creation. And therefore... Every human is guilty of an injustice that is infinitely worse than all the injustices against man summed up totally throughout all history. God is infinitely deserving of complete worship trust and obedience, and therefore in treating God as unworthy of our total allegiance, every human is guilty of an infinite injustice against God. That's our biggest problem everywhere. This injustice against God came to a climax in the very moment when God himself in great mercy and without compromising his justice came. In the moment, in the very moment when God came in human flesh to save us from the just penalty of our injustice against him, in that moment, our injustice rose to its highest. Acts eight thirty two. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb, before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth, and in his humiliation, justice was denied him. And as God embraced infinite injustice against himself and purchased a people who would prize him above all things, Christ crucified became the vindication of God's justice and the forgiveness of our sins. He embraced injustice against himself to create a brokenhearted, bold people called Christians, who would be marked by these two God-centered, Christ-exalting sentences. Christians care about all suffering. All of it, especially eternal suffering. And Christians, class of 2019, Christians care about all injustice, especially the universal tragedy of injustice against God.